Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Adam Collins was there to witness it all for SEN. He's on the line right now. Morning, Colo. Good morning, yes. It was the, the perfect plan, well executed by Australia yesterday. Keep England in the field for a couple of sessions and then get a dart at them before the close of play with the pink ball, under lights, a couple of wickets. I mean, I'll tell you what, they were saved by that lightning storm. If not for that, they might have been four or five down by the close. Yeah, possibly. Let's start with Michael Nisa. Uh, incredible circumstances in which he got his first test cap. Oh, I know you're part of the fan club, but you called his first wicket. It was a beautiful thing to witness. Thank you. Yeah, I mean the Michael Nisa Nisa must play movement as we've described it. It's got legs. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's got legs. It really has. And it all started a few years ago now when we were um, covering one of his early tours. It was to England actually, and uh, he just refused to talk about himself. He's just so self-effacing. He was working over Steve Smith in the nets routinely. He was the only guy who could get Smith out in England that year, full stop, pretty much. And, he, and, and there was just a strong case to play in later in the series, but it was more about um, providing him with a megaphone that he was never going to pick up himself. He's just not that kind of guy. He's so humble. So um, I suppose we've, you could call it media activism, uh, and I, I'm sure it's had no influence whatsoever on getting him selected, uh, but a lot of people have got on board over the last couple of years and made a lot of people very happy uh, last night when he struck with his second delivery in Test Cricket. Beautiful moment. Well, I just think that just comes to being down to being so consistent, don't you, mate? You've you've watched a lot of cricket, and to be honest, he's come in this test, and he's probably been more consistent in whatever he's done. Same with Joe Richardson, with than the English mate. I, I, I'm tipping the I'm tipping the Poms are getting slammed by their media over there. Have you have you seen anything? <laughs> yep. I, well, I live over there, so I sort of take in a lot of what's going on over there. <laughs> as a matter of course. Uh, and, and yeah, sort of friends and colleagues with those who are reporting on it from over here. And look, I think from a, an English perspective that they are feeling as though this has been so dreadfully predictable, uh, be it what happened at the Gabba last week where Australia just bossed them, uh, or this week where the coin doesn't come down their way and it's almost a replica of what happened here four years ago. Uh, on that occasion, Australia declared on 4.42. This time it's 4.73, but roughly the same time of the declaration on, on evening two, England lost one wicket then, two wickets this time. I mean, they did fight back well, it must be said, four years ago in the second innings. But Australia are so far ahead in this test match now, they can completely dictate terms. Uh, and they can... I mentioned when I, my, in my first response that it was the, the plan... That when they showed up yesterday uh, for, for morning two or for afternoon two, they would have thought, so long as we are batting at the tea break on day two, we can do whatever we want from here. And we can unleash Stark, we can unleash Richardson moving the ball away from the right-hander. And then Nisa was a complete bonus, bowling so well, uh, bringing, being brought on within moments of the lightning hitting. So, uh, yes, I mean, it, it's nice when a plan comes off. As you know, Dougie, it isn't mm. always that way in Test cricket, uh, but when it does come off, it, it's well celebrated. What's difficult to understand too, Adam, uh, there was so much talk during the England summer, wasn't there, about Ashes preparation, Ashes preparation, mm. you know, keeping Anderson on ice and the rest of it. Well, here they are. It's the sameness about them. They they look devoid of ideas and they look underprepared. Mm. It, it's a frighteningly similar bowling analysis from Anderson, Broad and Whites collectively as it was in this corresponding test that I mentioned four years ago at Adelaide with the pink ball. Uh, and look, to an extent, I actually feel... Feel sorry for them in the situation they're in. This wasn't plan A. Plan A was Jofra Archer, Mark Wood, 
and Ollie Stone, all of whom bowl up at about 150 or above. The plan was their three fastest bowlers, who are all accomplished in their own way. Of course, we've seen what Jofra Archer can do. We've seen what Mark Wood can do. Ollie Stone on the way through the system, but 26 years of age and bowls heat. Now, the plan was to deploy those three quicks. That's what they meant when they talked about Ashes preparation and, and bringing a group of quicks together who could seriously compete in this country. And instead, they've had to go back to their seasoned pros, bowlers like Anderson and Broad, who are exceptional bowlers. They've got 1,159 test wickets between them. There's no doubting that they're bona fides. And, and of course, they've been successful in Australia before, back or in 10-11. So it's not as though they don't know what to do. The, the problem they've got is that on pitches that are unresponsive, uh, bowling at a, around about 130 clicks, everything needs to go right for you. There isn't that element of danger or that the extra layer that you get with a bowler like Stark who was bowling up at 150 clicks last night. England do not possess that with the exception of Mark Wood. And they're having to treat him like precious metals because they don't want to explode that guy in the space of two test matches, knowing that Mark Wood has a dreadful track record with getting injuries mid-series. So they're in a bind. I don't know what they could do. I don't know how they could shuffle the pack to get a different outcome based on the resources they have at their disposal. Well, just thinking now, mate, like, exactly right. I don't know what they can and can do, but if they can somehow get a draw, I think they'd be happy with that. But I'm kind of thinking today, three days to go, try and bat as long and as much as they can today, get close to the target and try and get a res- uh, like something to chase maybe the last day. But mm. that that's going to be that, – that's a – that's a long stretch because I'm tipping if the Aussies yeah. bowl them out or something like that, they're just going to bat. They're just going to keep them in the field, keep them in the field and just wear them down and wear their bowlers down. So I'm yeah, something well, I something right. drastic well, is going to have to happen today. Like that, that you know, they say the twist and turn is something's going to have to happen. I break it down slightly differently. It's another stonking day in Adelaide. Beautiful, not a cloud in the sky. Um, perfect batting conditions. Dava Milan looked really good last night before the close of play. Left well, and when he needed to play, uh, Milan it's finding the middle of his bat almost every time. And Joe Root's having one of the all-time great years, full stop, no caveat. So I'd be actually thinking they need to get the 274. They need to clear the follow-on mark. They need to make sure that they have Australia batting a second time. Break it down into manageable chunks. If they're batting at the close of play today... They, they almost certainly would have cleared that follow-on hurdle, which means that they put Australia in a situation where they need to set a total, and therefore England will get a chance to bat out for a draw in that scenario. That, to me, feels where their heads should be. Just bat all the way through today and allow the scoreboard to take care of itself. If they start thinking about um, how they might try to manufacture a run chase, I think that's where they might get in trouble because it's so implausible after conceding 473 that they'll get into that situation themselves on the fifth day. So from here, look, we've never had a test. Sorry, we've had one test match reach the fifth day at Adelaide with the pink ball, and that was here four years ago. Uh, And that was over by the dinner break on, well, well and truly before the dinner break on on the fifth day. Usually these get wrapped up in four days. So forcing a draw against the pink ball is incredibly difficult at Adelaide. Uh, But in order to do so, they need to take advantage of the fact that it's a glorious day to senior men at the crease uh, they have to win not only the first session, they need to win all three sessions today and still be batting tomorrow morning. If they get there, then they can start realistically thinking about you know, how do we salvage the test over the last two days because they're so far behind now. There is so much scoreboard pressure. 
uh, that, that it is almost too big a mountain to climb to even think about winning. Yep. Interesting day ahead. Always good to get your thoughts, Colo. We'll let you go and we'll, we'll catch you this afternoon with Jared and the team here on SEN. Thanks, guys. Anytime.